Hey, welcome to In Bed with Books, the podcast where we talk about smutty fantasy, classics, and more. I'm Melissa. And I'm Bethany. If you'd like to see more of us, you can find us on our website, inbedwithbookspod.com, or on Instagram at inbedwithbookspod. So thanks for joining us this week. Uh, What are we talking about today? Let's find out. All right. It is a 70 degree day in the Pacific Northwest, which is like more or less a miracle. May, I feel like April, we usually get like a really hot day, but like we didn't really get it. And now I think May is just going to go full throttle. So it's 88 degrees for me right now. I'm sorry. And that's a blessing. Like, yeah. Do you have uh you have AC though? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, like, I'm, uh, not a, I'm not crazy. Yeah, no. But we've also I've got like a standing fan within arm's reach of me. Like yeah. an oscillating one and then the big fans on on high because I don't fuck around with heat. So yeah. it's um, seventy two two now. That it, must be so fucking nice for you. <laughs> it's gonna be eighty seven on Monday. Okay. Okay. So you're going to start so to feel it. It's getting up there. This yeah. is just like, ugh. this is definitely like definitely the warmer end of our days too. Yeah. But it's like eighties. Yeah. The, the high eighties and low nineties, but we still at, during May, we'll still get like a couple of, depending on the wind and the clouds, if clouds yeah. roll in, we'll get a couple of like 70 degree days in there, which is nice. doesn't last, but it's nice. Yeah. It's a nice little spring. Yeah. I'm excited to come visit you. Yeah. I don't, when we were talking about it the other day and you were like, yeah, I'll go during the heat. I'm not going to stop you, but I am interested to see your response to (laughs) the weather here. I mean, if, if it's cheaper. And it probably will be because of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not exactly a summer place for people. Um, but you'll be like the opposite of a snowbird. Yeah. We'll see. I don't really you know. Guys have those? What? Snowbirds? Like people who travel back and forth? Yeah. Like that's what we, we get the, like, we actually get them when they're like snowbirds. It's the worst. Yeah. They're old and they can't drive. And that's coming from somebody who can't drive. So I feel like a lot of old people live in Arizona because of this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, because it's also dry. So the dryness, like that's kind of part of the like, the perk of when we moved out here, because I had such bad asthma when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Like the humidity is terrible if you have asthma, if you have breathing problems or arthritis, you right. want to get out of the humidity. Um, and the cold's not good on those joints either. Mm-hmm. And so, like where I let when I where I lived in high school, it's technically just a prize, but it's sandwiched right up against the city called uh, Sun City, mm-hmm. and. To live in Sun City, almost you have to be over fifty-five because all of the, almost the entire city, because I think it's just made up of a bunch of communities that are like golf course communities mm-hmm. or like, um, like gated communities where you have to be fifty-five or older. Yeah, and some of them are sixty or older or sixty-five or older. But I don't know if the city itself has that decree or if it's just like by happenstance because of right. all of the different houses there. Yeah, um, so that's where I live yeah yep not anymore geriatric town (laughs) yeah a little i'm a little bit farther east now at this point but it's still close enough and we still get enough of the 
snowbirds. They're kind of leaving now. I sound like such an old person, but I'm also going to complain about like during COVID, all of the tech people moved out here because the living was like mm-hmm. a third the price of what they were used to, but they yeah. were still hiking up the prices of the houses and they could work remote from here. And now the cost of living out here is fucking mm-hmm. insane because of tech assholes moving out here and like raising the prices of everything. And it makes me livid because there's no reason that the places that I was looking at to move should have been priced the way that they were. Yeah. Absolutely none. I'm like, you're right next to a freeway that will never be quiet. Yeah. But tech bros yeah. be teching. Yeah, they did that with all of the small towns as well. Yeah. around here like when we were trying to move out of the place we were living in like we were looking at places and we were like there was not there was like nothing for rent yeah like in our price range like we had to spend like 2500 yeah. or 2000 dollars a month and it's like that's not for something for that like two town. years ago, for yeah, for two years ago would have gone less town. than a thousand. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, you could find something for like, yeah, a thousand. Yeah. And so we, we actually had to go to Seattle to find something cheap because everyone yeah. had fled and they were like really trying to find renters. Yep. And it was, it was so flipped anyway. Now it's and that's kind back. of, that's uh, kind of what ended up happening here is that like we moved closer to like the big city. Mm-hmm. not that close like we're still generally probably about like a 20 25 minute drive from there yeah but like close enough closer than I think I expected to be and also it's such nice such a nice unit that I think was just going un unused this yeah. entire complex because they uh they couldn't get it filled and so we yeah. lucked out when it came to price but yeah that's nice Oh, the housing market's going to crash. Yep, it is. And I can't wait. I won't get a house, but it'll just be nice to see it all fall apart under yeah. that. So, <laughs> yeah. I know all of those people, like, you need to buy, like, I'm kind of over it now. Yeah. I'm kind of over it. I'm like, I don't need to own a home. It's fine. It's not. It's not that much better. Like, yeah, you get tax yeah. breaks, but like, think about how much money you have to invest in your house in order to keep it. It's and they say, well, it keeps going up in price. Feasible. Yeah, exactly. Because they're like, they're like, oh, it keeps going up in price. And I'm like, until it crashes again. Mm-hmm. And then you're losing money again. Yeah. Like, you lost all that money. And it's like, why does a market have to decide? And it's like, I can, I mean, obviously being a renter is not as, is not, you know, all rainbows and butterflies, but yeah. at least I don't have to fix the sink clog <laughs> that's the thing it's like there's I, I get the like boomer mindset behind buying a home yeah but it's also like I don't know that I want to be responsible for a home yeah exactly like the perks of renting at this point I get that like the the cost to rent is essentially the same as the cost to mortgage a house that's fine or the cost of a mortgage for a house and that's totally fine but like Everything is going to shit anyway. Yeah. The economy is failing. The yeah. housing market's going to crash at any moment. It's going to be pointless. The climate is falling. I'm clearly in a great mood today. The climate yeah. is failing as well. <laughs> like multiple governments are on the verge of collapse. At this point, owning a home is just not top priority. And it's not genuinely feasible 
for Mm -hmm. like the average millennial like us so no yeah no every time a millennial huh we're not getting paid enough for that oh yeah we're not getting paid enough for how much the the price of houses has gone up Mm -hmm. and we you and i don't even work minimum wage and that's still not feasible for us Mm -hmm. um but like i just don't every time i don't have the energy for like millennials or even some like gen xers but like millennials and and zoomers who are like you should just own a home because then i'm like so how much of daddy's money did you use yeah was it just your inheritance or was there a convenient million dollar loan as well from daddy like no so it's like if you can great yeah yeah it's like if you can great but like most of us can't (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think what bothers me is that it gets like construed as this obvious next step yeah that everyone can do that's just not yeah because because they could yeah and so they don't understand yeah I mean it all goes back to that like arrested development joke when she's like it's a banana what could it cost ten dollars yeah there's always money in the bananas yeah and it's like there's so many things wrong with what you just said like you physically do not understand anything to that actually goes on with money yeah um yeah so that's that's our cold open friends yep (laughs) (laughs) don't get us don't get us on all that yeah. I was having this conversation with a friend just uh, last night, actually. Um, and I was like, she's a bit younger than me, like your age. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, I, you know what? I've just gotten to this point where it's like, you know, it's just not worth stressing too much about like, you know, like the fall of the planet and stuff, you know, and we've had those conversations before of just like, you have to just tend to your own garden. Like that's the only way you can like be happy. And like, what? it's like, you have to work locally. That's the reason that yeah. like native Americans, like the, the mindset behind the different tribes, like tending to their mm-hmm. kind of like metaphorically tending to their own it's gardens. Smaller and communities. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when smaller communities work together cohesively, then they can work together better with bigger communities as, a, as a bigger community. Yeah. And like, Cause at the end of the day, as much as I am stressed, obviously about the planet dying, mm-hmm. I don't have the money or the resources to like make a gas company or like a petrol yeah. company or whatever change what they're going to do. Cause all they're going to do is try to get their bottom line. Yeah. I can do what I can in my local community yeah. to help with that. Yeah. And it does still stress me out, but like, also I can't. I just wait for their collapse is really what's happening is like I wait and I hope and I manifest their fall but (laughs) but I can't physically do anything yeah because even this conversation right here is probably going to get me on an FBI watch list god it already is on our phones are lighting up right bomb if anything they're just going to (laughs) be extremely concerned about how much once upon a time I've been watching (laughs) way too much See, I've been watching Once Upon a Time because yes. I needed more fantasy to watch yeah. in my life. Just like an easy viewing experience or easy like osmosis, not quite as engaged yes. as reading is. Um, 
and I feel like it primed me for this book good yes there's a lot of like forgetting right there's a yeah the curses that you have to the break curses. with love and everything yeah um the coincidences were not lost and angry women and angry women love me some angry women yes yes because yes. honestly I really loved um the queen Regina. And once upon a time yes yeah I think she was brilliant oh she was amazing and she they yeah. made her so like Mm-hmm. I like that they redeemed her, but I like yeah. that they never took away her anger. Yeah. She just started fighting for the other side. Yeah. Uh, yes. It's okay to be angry. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny, you can kind of see, so I, I zoomed through the, like the first three seasons. Yeah. Which is saying something because they're like 45 minute They're episodes. so long. It's a freaking soap opera. Well, because it was like primetime television. So it wasn't like a, a, it wasn't like a sitcom that they threw a couple of episodes together during an hour. It was like, you get like a full hour during the week and it would be during like the 7 PM, like key slot. So you had to really, and it was 22 episodes. I think just about every season. I don't know how I got through it so fast, except to say that I must've clearly been going through a depressive episode. (laughs) um that's the only way you can go through tv that fast no yeah but um shit what was i gonna say about that dissociating <laughs> i mean probably but um yeah oh. i zoomed through it oh no i remember now okay. fantasy yeah yeah but like you can see in the episodes when they when disney bought star wars oh and when they bought Marvel, because you get like a couple of random Star Wars references and you get a couple okay. of like the the mm-hmm. comic books in the store where the Hulk or Captain right. America God. and you're like, oh, they own that now. That's so long ago. Yeah. Crazy. Um, there's one part at the end of season three and it's definitely gotten to the point in the show where it's like they probably could have ended it now. And like just wrapped it up more succinctly, but they had to throw Anna in there from like or Elsa in there from yeah. Frozen at this point yeah i Um, remember that but like there's a whole plot line where emma the main character is pretending to be somebody else because she can't reveal her identity and i won't get into the details in case anyone is interested in the show yeah or anything but like she has to make up a fake name and they didn't plan ahead of time because they needed the bit but she went as princess leia which i was like Okay, way to just like flaunt that you own Star Wars. I'm sure I really liked the joke when it first came around, but it just felt like a missed opportunity to do like an actually cool name. But yeah, yeah. I really liked Rumpelstiltskin. Mm. I thought he was super cool. He has my heart. Yeah, I love him. I think in the same way that like Regina's like super angry. Like we, we love an angry woman, but he's like a genuine anti hero. Yeah, yeah. It was a we good balance. Know. Yes, yeah. he's he's like a full trickster. Yeah. And so it's like even when he redeems himself, he has to do something bad that's in his own self interest. Yeah. Keep us a little a little interested, you know. Yeah, a little yeah. On our toes. Exactly. And I love Hook. I'm just gonna say right now. I know you. The do. look that he gives her before he kisses her the first time. <laughs> he needs to do that more <laughs> all the time. <laughs> But I kind of started watching, one, because I needed more fantasy in my life, but two, it wasn't even that I was, like, I realized a little while later, it's like, I'm not even really watching because I'm seriously invested, <clears throat> except that I don't know what happened the last few seasons because I was, like, fully in college at that point. Right. And 
it's been so long since I watched it that I don't remember what happened. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm just gonna have to start at the beginning. Yeah. Because I was trying to read some of the stuff online and I was like, I don't remember half of like what's leading to this. I'm gonna have to read back too far. Yeah. And that's gonna take too much effort. And so I might as well just watch it. And so here we are three seasons later, three seasons and a depressive episode later. <laughs> we're, we're here, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I put it on for a little bit because I was like, oh, maybe I can get like, get into this. And I, I guess I just wasn't ready, but I feel like I just finished this website. I feel like I have a lot more time on my hands. Nice. And you know, my other shows are going to end soon. So. Oh, what shows? My other shows. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah, that'll I am do it. excited to like start like now that I have more time, I'm excited to start actually reading books, not yeah, listening same. to them. Um, I have started an arc that I really like, which nice. we'll get into in another episode. But uh, so it just feels good to like hold a Kindle, hold something, and read it. You know? Yeah. Because you know me, like you have to like brush me up on anything I listen to, but it's like in order to like. I, I really did want to listen to this one, the kingdom of the feared, which is what we're covering today. Yes. And I really wanted to listen to it because the, the narrator is amazing. Like, okay. and I am not the only person that thinks this. I was talking to my friend last night and she was, cause she had listened to it as well. And she's like the narrator alone. And I'm like, I think that's why I like Amelia so much. Like, she's just like, yeah. so good. She's also she does all the, yeah. She's also amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think there yeah. is something different though like you were saying about like actually holding the book yeah because there is like there's a uh, a benefit <clears throat> a niceness to like doing mundane things while you're listening to the book mm-hmm. but also there's something just genuinely nice about sitting down with the book and shutting everything off and just yeah. having your tea or like your whatever with you and just investing that time <sighs> and that energy yeah like not yeah. multitasking yeah which multitasking isn't really good. Yeah. It doesn't, you're not really doing. You're half-assing two things instead of whole-assing one. Yeah. 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 In the words of Ron Swanson, more or less. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, we are talking about Kingdom of the Feared, which is the third. The final. And final. Yeah. By Carrie Maniscalco. I do feel like this one was like three books there were, oh my god i know so much happened this, in this book this so is the first time where i would say like saying that there's too much going on is really only half a critique because i feel like it really put us in the same place that amelia was at emotionally where she's like uncovering all this shit yeah and she's confused too but like as we're confused we're also getting that same feeling where she's like i just have to focus i have to prioritize and I'm thinking, God, okay, thank you for the reminder because I'm trying to solve everything else in my head as I'm reading along. And I'm like, yeah. well, what, what about this? And and then she's like, I don't want to worry about that right now. And I'm like, okay, you're right. Yeah. Don't worry about that right now. Yeah, and I think that's also why I like her. So there's not a lot of this. There's not, she doesn't ruminate a lot. Not ruminate, but she doesn't like- um, Panic. She doesn't like have those like- she thinks through things that are in front of her. Yeah. She's not. And if something in the past applies, it's she'll think about it and she'll bring it up. 
but she's not mm-hmm. like stuck in the past, which yeah. I think is really fun. Um, so then you're always, it's always, it's a very like active narrative because you're always mm-hmm. solving what's in front of you, moving on to the next thing. And there's not a lot of like wishy-washy wondering what we're going to do next kind of thing. Yeah. Which is kind of refreshing. Yeah, I would agree. I think like part of that has the to opposite do... of Aaron. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Or like Poppy. Yeah. Cause not like Poppy, not that Poppy was a bad example of it or anything, but like. It was she... just a different style of like, yeah. Yeah. I think if we want to compare and contrast a little bit is that like. Amelia is a goddess who is like returning to her natural state. Mm-hmm. And so as things are unfolding, it's like really frustrating for her. And she makes that very apparent. She's like, she's still attached to her grandmother, even though her grandmother is like actively fighting her. She yeah. has a special place in her home, which turns out to not actually be Palermo and to be uh, the shifting aisles. Yeah. Um, major, tr- like, uh, uh, what's it called? Spoiler warning for this episode. If you haven't finished the series yet um because we're gonna unravel all of the curses and all of the the plots and everything um so like she when she has that moment when she finally decides to uh break her spell lock Mm -hmm. that wasn't something that came lightly that came from like weeks of dealing with what was going on and like trying to figure out what's going on with her sister not even weeks because she really only found out what happened with her sister like less than a week before that yeah. Once everything's set into motion, it all happened extremely quickly. Um, but where Poppy really genuinely only knew this one experience, and then that entire thing was like flipped over and turned over and yeah. shook her a bit. Amelia was like breaking a curse and returning home. And so yeah. there was this constant like sense of returning home. And so every time she made the decision, because I was even stressed for her when she was when her sister was like taking out the spell lock and everything because mm-hmm. part of me was still worried because we didn't we didn't really fully have any confirmation that what was about to happen would fix it mm-hmm. we just knew about the other lies right and so i was stressed for her but then i was like there's like 30 percent of the book left so it's okay yeah. but also like it's not it didn't feel scary she felt okay she felt like she was content with what was happening and that made it easier you know yeah 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 she she was decisive yeah like i said she's she wasn't like very wishy-washy and i think part of it is is that part of it is because she's a goddess yeah um that she's she just kind of has that instinct to know which is why we loved her so much before she was a goddess. Yes. Before we knew. Um, and yeah, so it didn't feel like when she was with Claudia and she got the dagger, the knife or whatever. Yeah. And uh, she's like, oh, I'll only have one hour. But she was like, I have to do this. Like, mm-hmm. there was just no doubt, you know? She even had this she kind of like... Sorry, go ahead. No, she didn't have to like go to the mountains and like... <laughs> yeah yeah you know have a coming come to jesus moment you know she was just like no yep we're we're doing this like yeah she something that i hadn't even really thought about too but like she kind of realized it had to be an amends for working with cersei and trying not really trying but like her punishment essentially for 
being one of the players that set all of it into motion, even if she didn't do it willingly, but because she played a role in that, because she let herself be a pawn in Cersei's game. Uh-huh. And I will say, because if you've listened to the podcast before, you know how much I hate when the women lose their powers. So I was definitely yes. pissed for a while. Yes. I was so pissed because I was like, they don't even yeah. know that it has to be her that he stabs. Why are they stabbing her and taking her power? Yeah. But then she got kind of got the powers back at the end. And I was like, thank fuck, because really? I was so I was so yeah. pissed for her. Yeah. I'm a little peeved that it's like technically part of his power that she got. And so it feels kind of like, you know, very traditional Christian husband and wife kind of thing. But it's better than nothing. I kind of I thought that was an interesting thing. I thought that was an interesting like plot device because I was I was not expecting that her power would be taken away. Yeah. After she just got it. Yeah, that's so frustrating. I know. <laughs> it was such a surprise to me. And yeah. then there was this sense of like I felt this kind of like because it's like when they're having sex or whatever, and he's like, your mortal body, like won't be able to stand it or something. And he's like, I have to be careful. And it's like, because that's like the only, like, I felt like for me was like the only like big indicator of her losing her power. <laughs> like, well, yeah, it wasn't like she was like, it wasn't like she was like, Oh no, I can't do this now. It was like, he was like, Oh no, now you're fragile now. You know, <laughs> I don't think she was fragile. No, she wasn't. But like, that yeah. was kind of like the only like comment that was like made about after yeah. she like lost her power so suddenly she like never really needed it after that like well, it was very she, like, short time she but... yes and then she <laughs> randomly brings it up too when she's like oh I, I mourned for my powers right and I'm like it's almost like you didn't have to <laughs> I get that it was like all yeah. about love and everything but it's, it was very unclear to me why it had to be her even within yeah. the story because it never I don't think they specified what he had to stab or who he had to stab to get his stuff back. Yeah, that wasn't clear. It was just he had to stab somebody else so he could, and it had to be the person who was cursed who did the stabbing. Which was and him. whoever they stabbed would lose their power. Yeah, and so I'm like, why does it have to be her? Why can't it be, like, Greed? Go stab Cersei. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Maybe I missed something there and I'm inclined to look back at it later and probably figure out where I'm currently incorrect. But that was, as I was reading through, I was like, that just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I was, I was actually not as, at first I was like, whoa. Mm -hmm. And then I was kind of like, okay, like, cause we've seen her without her power and she was fine. Yeah. And so I feel like if she had had her power this whole time and she got it taken away, that would be really fucking stupid. That would have been really frustrating. Yeah, I think too, like, we got to see a little show of her power. Yeah. And she talked about how it felt like she was coming out of, like, she's coming up from deep water, right? Yeah. But it was still, like, it was frustrating for me in that, like, why does the female, or why do, like, the women main characters always have to lose their powers? Yeah. Yeah, it was very kind of oh, what is uh, anticlimactic? Yeah, 
like because just... you're like oh yay like they're together but you're like kind of yeah before they were this power couple and now exactly exactly now her only power is that she was married to wrath yeah and that's just something i really hate in things yeah because like the book also has like vittoria keeping her powers Mm -hmm. and being like the kick-ass ruler of vengeance the house of vengeance and so it's like clearly you think it's okay yeah in this universe and so it's like we should have been able to have them both keep their powers yeah like have her be the head like the co-ruler of house vengeance and the queen yeah instead of just completely abandoning her house yeah yeah it just always seems like whenever this happens in a in like in a book where they have to lose their powers like it just happened once upon a time too actually <laughs> It's like, of course, it's being written exactly like this, where it's like, this is the only option. I'm like, you could have written any other option. I just don't get why people write this. Yeah. Like, this trope is so frustrating to me. Um, yeah. I will say, I've been trying to write, like, a review for Shadow and Bone, the show. Uh-huh. This is related, I promise. And it's kind of hard, because they change so much from the books. Mm-hmm. That, like, I'm having a hard time really putting into words or like even firmly grasping like firmly grasping what direction they're trying to take so I'm having a hard time deciding personally if I think it's a good direction or not right but in the books she loses her sun summoner powers and we kind of read about that in uh, King of Scars mm-hmm. because she like we we hear about how she it, the power went to other people right in the show she doesn't have to give up her powers but she suddenly quick spoiler alert she suddenly has the shadow summoning powers so the opposite of what she had okay which i think is supposed to be like punishment for this dark magic that she did and i kind of like that more where like she's going dark instead of like being the ultimate hero and sacrificing all of her power like, I would rather see an, a genuine reason why she personally has to get rid of the power before she gets rid of it than to see her just, like, sacrifice herself because that's what women do, you know? Yeah. And even then it was more of a penalty? Yeah. So it was like, well, that's kind of what magic does well, right? Like, that's what kind of the science of magic is is like everything costs something yeah so that makes sense and i do think like with amelia and wrath i think it was for love that was kind of the point why she did it it just felt very rushed too yeah like that felt rushed to me it did like because yeah she could have because I think it wasn't at Wrath that was like, uh, where's the witch? We could just <laughs> just stab her. And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, we don't know where I don't she think is. He, I don't think he suggested stabbing her, but they had her already captured. Oh, yeah. And so he to was ask like, well, how to get... break the another way to break the curse or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah, he could have done that. Even I think so. somebody else, I think like, greed or envy suggests that he was like you could have just killed her and i guess like 
on the one hand, it's like, yeah, you don't really have the time because there's only one day left for the curse before it's, like, permanent. Mm -hmm. But, like, it is frustrating. It is frustrating that, like, yeah, she had to sacrifice so quickly. I also don't notice a difference. What do you mean? Like, Wrath and her are still in love. Yeah. You know, like they, that, those tropes really bother me, actually. So I think there's one with Nyctos, right? Where he doesn't like have his heart or something. Yeah. Like, it and, was just, he couldn't admit that he loved her. Yeah. And it's like, but he's loving her. Yeah. So he just can't say it. Yeah, I guess. That's the curse. I think that's dumb. I don't think that's worth it. Well, and like, <laughs> I give up I, your I power wish, like, I wish, because she had mentioned that like when he would drink the tonic, he would calm down because he would always drink it when like he was losing a little bit of control because something had happened to her, right? So I wish that we'd actively gotten to see him lose control. Oh, yeah. Because then we could have seen the other side of that. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, we could have seen the, um, what he was holding back yeah the what am i trying to say like the consequences of the curse yeah because right now because i didn't see what the issue was too much other than that they lost their memories but she was getting it back yeah and, and that then he, you're like okay yeah because it was even like he could only feel hate instead of love but it's like but he really could feel love right yeah and so, then also we didn't really get a lot of his like story with that. Like I would have liked to see how it impacted him, like on a personal yeah. level. And what and we just Or at least fill in some of the blanks of what happened mm -hmm. like from his point of view. Yeah. A little bit more. Cause we get like a little bit of details about like him and his brothers working together. Um like some of the steps that he took to try to break the curse. But yeah. like we don't hear from his point of view like i would have liked to have heard about that night from his point yeah. of view yeah um and i think part of it was he couldn't speak about it yeah it was and so that's why it's like well, once the curse is broken i would have liked to have heard a little bit more about that yeah or at least get um yeah a point of view chapter yeah i mean not everybody does point of view chapters no i know but like that would yeah. be the only way we could get it before because we'd have to be inside of his head Except that we also had a, an entire, like, chapter, two chapters, where she got to see people's forgotten memories. And she didn't want to see any of Rats. Well, and the, 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 I guess, because she was looking for where the Blade of Ruination was. Yeah. And so that would have been a very fun place to have a scene from, like, that night from Rath's point of view. Yeah. Um, yeah. But all, like those i think those are genuinely my only actual qualms because yeah i really love this book i i yeah. like you were saying like i love amelia and i love wrath i think we just wanted more stakes or like a more like after for the curse to really like cement in what the stakes really were because yeah. i thought i knew and then yeah. we just don't like it's we get like four chapters at the end that are like the after we get her coronation we get her like uh clearing her sister's name yeah 
and having the reception after the coronation and then finalizing the bond after that getting yeah. her, like getting some semblance of her powers back and so there was a lot of space where we could have put something in there to like or where there could have been something in there to like clarify some of that i think yeah yeah i agree it felt like rushed at the end i, I see i felt it felt it was like too long okay you know yeah, yeah. after like pl- i feel like it was long but we didn't get the explanations that we wanted and so the things i picked up on were like yeah i do remember it felt like Lord, return of the king yeah and, and i'm like how many people are we going to talk to yeah that you're not actually getting any of the information you want like and i part of me is like is part of this so that maniscalco can like keep it open for further books which right. it does feel kind of like she's doing yeah and it's like don't get me wrong i love those chapters just like i think every one of the endings in return of the king is like yeah necessary. essential like yeah. yeah i just wish that somewhere she had thrown in there some kind of like you know putting the, the like the last hammer on that nail and yeah explaining that to us um and I think part of that is because the book as a whole, like, I guess not technically as a whole, the book leading up to that, I really felt the weight of everything. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I, I felt invested in all of this. Like I, I wanted Vesta to be okay. And I wanted like, and she's getting this memory and she's talking about it's this little pup. And as it's happening, I'm like, oh my God, that's Dominico and his dad. Yeah. And it's followed through like there's it's a very clean ending it's just like the weight i feel like was taken out of it at mm-hmm. the end yeah which is oddly enough i think the opposite problem that we tend to have with the books that we read on here yeah which is that sometimes it doesn't always feel like a clean ending but yeah. like we get the like the weight is there and so we're like yeah that made sense yeah um yeah Okay, so there was a question that you asked me before we started recording, which was whether or not I thought that Vittoria was redeemable. Yeah. And I stand by my answer of I don't know. Yeah. But now that we're talking about it a little bit and reminding each other of what's going on, what do you think? I feel like... I feel like she, so the last book ended with us finding out she's still alive. I was pissed. Yeah. Yeah. That, so first of all, like points against her for that. Yeah. And then she did a lot of like shitty things. And then there was that, um, the moment in the middle of the book when they like get their kind of their memories back and they're starting to like realize what's going on mm-hmm. and that Victor- Victoria was also part of it like part of this victim of that or whatever I think it was we missed out a lot on like her Amelia and Victoria's relationship because yeah. like Amelia like spent all of this time the book starts with her with Victoria's Victoria. death. Yeah. And like Victoria isn't even like a big 
I didn't feel like she was that big of a player in like the third book. Like she was just kind of like this, almost like a red herring. <laughs> she was definitely like the a red main herring. issue. Yeah. I think she was, I would argue that she is a big player because like her getting her memory back and breaking her spell lock is exactly what led to everybody else's curses breaking, right? But also like, I have to kind of remind myself as I'm thinking about this that, like, the terrible things that she does, we excuse for the princes. Yeah. Because they're, like, princes of hell, and so we're like, yeah, obviously they're going to be terrible. And then, like, partway through, I was reading the book, and I was like, Victoria's being, like, the actual worst. Like, there is no humanity left in her. And then I had to remind myself, like, oh, yeah, because she is, like a goddess that predates the princes of hell by like millennia yeah so she probably predates humans um so that made a it made me i don't want to say forgive her for things because there's definitely like i am not as forgiving as amelia is on the matter but like if i can excuse the princes i can excuse her yeah yeah because there's there's also that moment when Amelia does battle, mm-hmm. and she like uses her powers, and then she has that conversation with Wrath, like, "Do you think I did the right thing?" And he's like, "I trust you." Yeah, like kind of using that last drop of humanness, like mm-hmm. of being mortal, realizing she's immortal, so. It should, mm-hmm. you know like she kind of has that faces that but like Victoria's kind of been out of being mortal for a little bit longer yeah and like I think Amelia because she's been viewing her sister like watching her sister do all of that yeah he when during that conversation even Wrath kind of has this moment where he's like you don't have to be scared of what you are yeah which I think she was worried that he was going to be concerned about that. And then he just kind of like quelled those fears, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, because like as, when when Vittoria was first changed, when she was first changed back, I should say, her sister was still stuck there. And so she's just like alone mm-hmm. seeking revenge on those who hurt her. And like, yeah, it'd probably make me a little fucking angry too you know so i can get that it's just the the stuff that bothers me more goes back to like her not being honest with amelia yeah Yeah, not being a good sister yeah because even such a good team exactly exactly because like even at the end amelia was like you could have trusted me enough to told me to tell me some of these things and she's like well you could have trusted me enough to not have to be told and it's like yeah i get it both ways but also like you made it so much harder on yourself Yeah. yeah they're clearly not um you wouldn't have been accused of murder and like had a blood retribution put up against you if you'd just been honest that you didn't kill her i felt really sad that they didn't have like a good you know i think they did reconciliation i mean reconciliation but i feel like their relationship was just like so r- rot like we spend the first book of her just like yearning after Amelia or after a uh, Vittoria. Mm-hmm. And then like their relationship just kind of becomes 
I was, I guess I was like for a book that's about trying to find the murder of her sister. I was kind of expecting it, I guess, to go in kind of a frozen direction of like, yeah. it's not going to be about like true love, like love is going to be there, but it's not going to be like, it's going to be a little bit more like equally about sisterhood and like stuff because like they're, they're twins they were both like affected by this curse mm -hmm. and she like spends like so much of her energy and time. Like she doesn't even like do anything else, but like try and find her find vengeance like for her mm -hmm. sister. And it's like, then she gets her heart broken by her sister. And it's just kind of this like tumultuous like relationship. I mean, her sister was also like constricted by yeah. the confines of the curse. It's true. Which I think makes things difficult. But I was like, I'm just thinking more in terms of like some of the court relation things. Mm -hmm. Like she could have just been honest with her. Yeah. Especially just because like there were there was like conflict with house greed specifically, and then also a little bit of house pride mm -hmm. that could have easily been resolved if Victoria had just been a little bit more honest with her. Which was frustrating because like those things aren't within the purview of the curse. Yeah. And those would make your life a lot easier in fixing the curse. But she was so dead set on thinking or like on her belief, Victoria, on her belief that the demons were equally responsible. Right. For their circumstances. And it's like, they're not though. Yeah. If we're going to blame anybody, we're going to blame specifically the witches and Cersei. Yeah. So damn witches yeah first time in a book that i don't support the witches yeah because they're that's funny because they thought they were the witches yeah it was a nice turn of events oh uh, it broke my heart every time her grandma was there oh i know and like you could see slowly that like she was starting to understand that her grandma was actually terrible yeah was her grandma a witch yeah they all were a mortal witch yeah so the sex uh, wrath has my heart <laughs> yeah yeah well so the first part of the book the middle of it was like a lot plot but the beginning of the book was like woo! like it was really exciting because we were like doing stuff and we were like going places we were plotting, we were working together. Yeah. And they go to Lust, Lust's house. And they go to that party. Oh, there's that scene where they're in the boat. Oh, at Greed's house? Yeah. Yes. And they haven't even left the boat and they're like ready to get down to business. And he's like, this is going to work like the Sin Corridor. And I was like, sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> This is exactly what I've been waiting for. Yeah. It did not take them long. No. God. Yeah. No. And I, oh God, I, I had a moment too, when I was in the car where I was like, cause it was like more towards the end when he's got his face in between her legs and he wants Which her to time? like, I know. Right. <laughs> and he wants her to like grind. Mm -hmm. and so she does and then he growls and i'm like girl Whoo! 
Did you just have to like stop on the freeway? You're like, I got pull over. I know. I, I, had, I had to like cross my legs. <laughs> it was good. Now, yeah, Wrath is very hot. He's good. He's good. He's good at what he does. He is extremely good at what he does. Yes. 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 He is. Um, and then he gets his wings, and mm-hmm. naturally, the wings have sex powers. Of course. Yeah. Actually. Yes. All wings do. All good wings do. And those that's so that's one of the the times in like fantasy when I don't mind the like he'd barely started and I was already coming kind of thing because they've given us this kind of like the wings have powers and this is how we're conveying how powerful this is. Yeah. And so like that fills in all the blanks that I need. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Yep. Take a deep breath. <sighs> um and he uses phantom hands. Yes, yes, he does. I also really love the descriptions of her of her attire. Oh my god, I know. Like rose gold, sign me up. Yeah. I'm like, there was that. It was like a some chiffon bodice with lavender and blue and yellow like flowers. Like, yes. I'm like, that sounds gorgeous. I mean, she gets stabbed in it, but yes. I know. Then I know exactly what you're talking about because the dresses are described in such beautiful detail. Yes. Yeah. I like that that Maniscalco doesn't spare the detail when it comes to like the clothes or the food. Yeah. Because I really want to make that cannellini bean dip. Yes. That sounded amazing. As I was reading it, I was like, do I have any right now? Because it sounds fucking delicious. Yeah. And I know like the series has gotten flack because... She gets so into detail about the food. I'm like, I genuinely don't care because it sounds yeah. like fucking amazing food. Yeah. If this is all just one of those like internet recipes where you go through their entire life story about how their husband cheated on you and how this lasagna saved their marriage, that's fine. Yeah. It's It sounds like good lasagna. It better be okay. fucking magic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um. The food just is simple and delicious. And I like this little moment that he has uh, when he's like, you didn't you didn't cook before. Yeah. That's new. And you're like, oh, I knows. know. Oh, it's so sweet. Uh, he's so hot. I know. There was, so there were no baths in this one, but. Yeah, there was. There was? Okay. Yeah. It was um, after she had her powers back. And they were just sitting in the bath and she was like, I'm going to, you're lucky that I'm already in love with you. Otherwise I'd never get in the bath with you again. Cause he's always saying bad news in the bath. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I remember that. Well, but what, what I was going to say is there's, isn't there a part where he like grabs her feet? That's that part. Yeah. He's like okay. massaging her feet in the bathtub. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like, how can you not think that he's in love with you and he's massaging your feet? No man willingly does that. That's not in love with you. Yeah. I'm not convinced. Yeah. <laughs> the curse must have had very specific guidelines <laughs> for him to Can not. only draw baths and massage feet and fuck well. Mm-hmm. Actions, not words, I guess. Yeah. You can only act in love. Yeah. And be in love. You cannot say you're in love. Yeah. I would like, I would take that and keep my powers. Thank you. Yeah, that's fine. 
and you know, I can, I can help him through his issues. If you'll yeah. just tell me about it. Yeah. Just talk to me about it. I'll Which give I guess is back. <laughs> but yeah, like, just give me your Well, she can go to that memory place again. Yeah. He can put the memory in there. That would have been a really good ending, actually. What? If they just accepted the curse no. and then went to the fountain. I think based on what we like, based on how the curse actually broke, it's like, yeah, that probably would have been just as viable of an option. Which just brings us back to, I wish we'd seen a firmer explanation as yeah. to what the curse was holding back why he had because it that was another thing it's like okay so he's drinking this purple tonic right to try yeah. to quell his feelings <sighs> so he's only loving her half as much as he can possibly love her mm-hmm. because of the curse so was it actually only stopping him from saying i love you all those times that he almost froze something which seems unlikely or was there actual like actions that he was holding back? Yeah. Yeah. I want to know. Yeah. Like we don't, we don't know that we, yeah. we can't say that for sure. And that's what's so frustrating. I love the, I love it when she calls him demon. And he then. Yeah. And she, and he calls her goddess. I know. And of course in the audiobook, it's goddess you know, oh, shut up, shut your mouth. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, she just says demon so casually. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. He's a demon. Mm-hmm. Um, I do kind of like the premise that like he got his wings back as a demon, Yeah, which always seems to be the, like, whenever you have demons who have that history and, and fantasy, you're like, oh yeah, they'll get they'll their wings back. Yeah. And she, she described him as divine. Mm-hmm. which I thought was cool yeah um I will say one other thing that I wish and this might be something that like is just left open for the possibility of future books but we don't know what all of the brothers lost during the curse yeah that makes sense like for it to be like to her, for her to do like another series and it would be about like greed pride yeah or like lust and like Victoria and yeah and include all of those like characters yeah and then we get like a different point of view and we learn what somebody else lost we also met sloth yes we did meet sloth okay so now that we've casted (laughs) almost everybody in the previous episode if you guys didn't hear who do you think would play a good sloth Ooh, um can I think about that one? Yeah, for sure. I will tell you my thought process and then who came to mind unwillingly. Yes. As it happened. So just based on the way he's described a little bit, I did envision him slightly smaller than his brothers. Right. Because he just like lounges in his library and he reads about everything and he seems kind of like he doesn't have like firm stances because he's read so many things that he can just like he's kind of he sees the sides you know he just kind of wants to watch and observe and see how things play out and so i imagined him as smaller in stature and so my first thought was elijah wood (laughs) 
because of him as a hobbit yeah and i against my will thought that but then against my will that's what kept filling in every time right but very specifically the elijah wood from that one random picture where he's like on a scooter (laughs) it's got that weird like chaotic energy about it really infantilizing (laughs) yeah well he's because he looks it's got kind of like trickster energy the picture does and so like that's the picture that i thought of yeah that version of him with like the shaved head kind of crazed look on his face it's not ideal but it's what my brain thought of so yeah i i keep for some reason paul dano keeps coming to my mind okay i see it yeah i see it because i actually didn't see him sloth as much of a trickster and more of like a plotter that's fair like in the trickster in a plotter kind of way like because he's educated and he reads so he like because paul dano i wouldn't say is a trickster type like that's not usually the roles he plays but he is like kind of like he can back himself up you know with like he's a good actor knowledge he's a really good actor um i'm particularly thinking of pierre in (laughs) um war and peace where he's just like he's he's kind of a flanderer but he's also like really educated and so that's kind of what when i think of paul dano now i think of him as the riddler in batman oh yeah which is really really good um i the reason that sloth does give me slightly more like trickstery energy than i was expecting is because when we first meet him at greed's palace yeah he is just really quick to say yeah it was clearly victoria yeah yeah he's very like yeah that's and true it seemed, and it seemed very much i was like if if one single person is able to come up with clear logic as to why it's not her i feel like you're just playing into their hands for something yeah i didn't really yeah. trust him because of that yeah that's Which is why I, th- I think it was like i was like somebody with a trusting face but that i wouldn't trust <laughs> wouldn't trust you yeah i don't know about you yeah yeah that that whole conversation about like how he (laughs) he like the other guys were like um teasing him because he wouldn't be able to get get a girl off or whatever and he's like well i know how but it's like like, doing it it is different than knowing (laughs) yeah yes which didn't hold very high points for him but well, I also, I mean, it was just guys fucking around. Yeah, I don't fair. believe for a second that he hasn't, but like, I know we saw the, the fact that like time. your defense is that you've read like five hundred different ways yeah. to do this, and like that's not you're not helping yourself at all. Yeah, um, yeah, and he he kind of gets deflated a bit. Yeah, so he kind of has to, I think, side with his brothers, but then later he comes up and he's like, "I hope you understand." after yeah. she's like her coronation like yeah i'm sure she definitely understands you accusing her sister that's fine yeah yeah um so yeah that was less than impressive introduction but it's yeah fine. but we did get him because i remember yeah. you you mentioning like we're missing someone and yes it's sloth and it makes sense that he would mosey on in out of yeah. necessity you know yeah for sure because 
Vesta was murdered. So I was looking at her website to see if there, like, what kind of book news that she has going on. Oh, yeah. But currently nothing as far as I can tell. Yeah, and this one came out last year. Last Yeah, fall. so she just finished the series. Mm-hmm. But highly recommend. Yes. I, I think mean, those worlds was really it. cool. Oh, exactly, exactly. Those yeah. things like our qualms, I would not say stop my like yeah. love for this universe or for this book at all yeah or the characters yeah. i do think this last book was both really exciting and really like essentially everything we talked about kind of yeah. anticlimactic in that way that she lost her power we needed maybe a little more explanation but i would say that each of the books are really good in their own way like yeah because like that aside it was the reason it felt anticlimactic was because we were just so on the ride for the whole book yeah and so it's like as long as you're prepared going into it maybe we're overselling it so much that it'll be exciting yeah <laughs> but like it's not underwhelming like it, it does feel like a succinct ending for her yeah and beginning of like this new story yeah. for them but i will tell you if we get another series on this and like there's a child i will sob oh god as long as we don't get like an accidental pregnancy we don't it's... we don't need a fucking pharah yes it's, it's like if there's if it's like years in the future and they have like an, an a fully grown child that'd be cute but if i get a pregnancy almost death i'm gonna Fight you know, somebody. You know what's really hard Someone. is like, for example, Outlander, mm -hmm. where they have a child, and then you just kind of adopt the child's romance, and it doesn't fully transfer. Yeah. So one scene, Jamie's like taking her up against the barn, and the next scene. Roger's like eating Brianna out and you're like no. this is weird no. not the next scene but like yeah. very close together and I'm like this is just kind of weird like yeah. it's like just choose a romance yeah and like you can still have the characters but it's like I don't want to see them Jamie all the and Claire yeah. anymore I'd rather have Brianna and Roger please please <laughs> problem is then she has a baby so then there's a whole that thing Brianna does yeah oh god by the by the um spoiler alert if you don't yeah, mind i don't by the by the rapist oh god that's the i hate well they don't know actually that's so frustrating still <sighs> that's a good book though because it well kind of there's good parts of the book it is really frustrating so she gets raped she gets um after she has sex with roger mm -hmm. so they don't know whose child it is and then Roger wants to learn how to fight once he finds out. Yeah. So that he can fight. What's his name? Blue Bonnet or something? Not Blue Bonnet. <laughs> That's a margarine. <laughs> <laughs> something Bonnet. Um, but yeah. That's also frustrating though, because it, it's just like, I hate that, that storyline, that trope. Yeah. The like rape baby situation yeah it's definitely leans more on the historical like it's not 
it's a romance, but it's not only a romance. She really likes to put like real things in there. And I feel I, like if it's like, I guess I'm saying it's like she wanted to go there, you know, that I was think kind that, of her like thing. That's my thing is like, why do yeah. people want to go there though? You know, right. yeah. it's really hard to get back into the mood when there's like a potential rape baby going around. Yeah. Um, <laughs> rape. I will say one of my like big qualms with the show, <laughs> quick tangent, was just kind of how they it was just like half an episode for Jamie to get over his severe sexual assault. Oh yeah, the the show, the show, yeah, yeah. And so I was just like, I don't know how much more of this I can do because like that because not that like any like not that you can like rate the severity yeah. of these things, but he had like it wasn't just like physical assault; it was like mental oh absolutely manipulation absolutely. for like a full episode and a half mm -hmm. and so i was just like and we're just gonna forget that that happened two episodes it's just later. fucking stupid because i don't i did not like that they showed it yeah because it is not in the book really well he is but he tells her after the fact okay like years like a while later after they're reunited or something i can't quite remember but like we don't live through it in the book like we do in the show which i think yeah. is awful that they did that in the show because yeah. no one fucking wants to see that the first yeah. half of the see the first season is amazing oh it's so good yeah it's so good and i want to watch it over and over and over but i cannot watch <laughs> the second half it no. just like cuts me off and i'm like yeah so it's like it's like yeah so she decides to go there and she was very instrumental in the making of that show. So like, come exactly, on. exactly. That's why I was like, I don't know. It's like, at what I, point is this like entertainment and just like torture? Yeah, I think because at the same time was like, or not at the exact same time, but around the same time is when we had Game of Thrones coming out, right? Yeah. But Game of Thrones never got that explicit with the sexual assault things. We had some very explicit like deaths and everything, right? And some kind of like implied sexual assault. Well, I think there was, yeah, there was like the the whores. There yeah. was that scene where they had to beat each other. Yeah. That was hard to watch. But yeah. But I think within the context of Game of Thrones, like it was a lot easier to palette, I would say. Not Game of Thrones wasn't a romance. Exactly, exactly. Where it was like, <laughs> You know, and a couple episodes later, we also watched The Red Wedding. Yeah. It's like, so, you, we know what we signed up for. Exactly, exactly. That yeah. was, I think that's what surprised me so much when I watched Outlander. I was like, I did not realize this is what I signed up for. Yeah. And there wasn't really an episode after that that made up for it for me. Yeah, that like, yeah. Yeah, but back on to <laughs> I know. After that lovely tangent. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah all in all a really good series i really love her writing like i said too like yeah. just even the descriptions of the underworlds and yeah like the um the skull and like the yes the skeleton and stuff like was really like vivid the, and the reveals for what was actually going on felt natural they didn't feel like oh she made this up later yeah which i really enjoyed 
Yeah. Um, so maybe we should tag a little thing at the beginning and like, oh, we highly recommend this. <laughs> Don't listen to this episode if you want to not have spoilers, but. No, yeah, that's the point of the spoil yeah. of the episode. Yeah. So if you yeah. got this far and you didn't want spoilers, I apologize, but you had that's to know you. what you were signing up for. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> on you. It was an excellent book. Yeah. yeah. I, I love the way that she writes. I liked mm-hmm. being in Amelia's head. Mm-hmm. She does that really well. Yeah. Yeah. I never um, got bored. Agreed. Agreed. Never got bored. You know, a lot of books that's really difficult. Mm-hmm. You're like, you kind of get this lull. I didn't really feel a lull at all. The lulls were the sex scenes. Yeah, and there were wonderful lulls. Yes, wonderful lulls. Um, one of my favorite little parts in the entire book, though, was after the coronation, they're at the reception, right? And she talks about kind of seeing everybody across the hall, and she sees Fauna and Anir. Mm-hmm. And earlier in the book, Fauna had kind of been like, oh, I don't really know if anything's happening. And we're like, oh, no. Um, but she was like, Fauna whispered something into his ear and his eyebrows went up his forehead and they ran off to a room together. Yeah. And you're like, yes. Hell yeah. Yes. It really, it really reminded me of, um, in The Cruel Prince, was it, was it Ghost or the other one was the oh, good guy? yes, yes. They were in. He was in love with. I forget. It was the little pixie girl and the, yeah. like the troll, the little the little goblin yeah. looking one. Yes, yeah. yes. And she was like, um, she's like kind of like comatose or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she could, and they were like visiting her, and like they were alone, and they didn't know that she was awake, and mm-hmm. were like, and so she had like this secret that that's what it felt like. It was really fun. I love those. I love those like little interesting, like little relationships on the side. Yeah. The interesting like tertiary characters are the yes. best. Yes. Yeah. They really fill in the gaps, I say. Yeah. 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 Make it make world building. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's it's more a succinct world building because we get it through these people, you know? Yeah. 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 So great. Well, yeah. All right. Thank you for listening and joining us for another week. Thanks, you guys. Make sure to like and subscribe to the pod. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Wherever you pod. Until next time. Happy reading. Happy reading. Bye. Bye.